My name is Brian, and today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023, and this is episode 532 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled, How I Became an Anarchist, The Journey to Freedom, and today I'll be recapping my journey to political freedom and how I ended up an anarchist. But let's first grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on, and have a little chat we will dive into that topic in a little bit. Good morning, good morning, good morning, morning MSU Rifle hanging out already. Uh, Phil the or, uh, Mike the Philippine Nomad man, I might as well just change your name to Phil. It's just going to be that forever. And uh, Pip in early with a comment that I starred here, and it is about the topic of the day. But uh, I'll throw it out there right now, and then probably circle back to it when we get to the topic. But uh, Pip says. When news reporters talk on riots and chaos, why do they call it anarchy when that's the wrong word to use? Well, Pip, I think you might have answered your own question. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's um, that's something that um, I think is done on purpose for sure. For sure. So, um <laughs> Nomad says the Phil, the 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 PH, the fucking Philharmonic. He's <laughs> all over it already this morning. Oh, what are we drinking today? Today is another um, organic fair trade Colombian light roast, and uh, still fantastic. Man, it doesn't um, it doesn't age much around here. I'll tell you that. Like the. The pound gets open and it gets it gets drunk up pretty quick. Um, Backwoods Butcher, good morning, good morning. A little chilly there. He's screaming anarchy in the door already. Uh, I think his favorite thing about anarchy is the scene from um, Talladega Nights when uh, the young lad is is running around screaming anarchy and he doesn't know it is, but he loves it. I think that is where Backwoods is. Maybe it's self-reliance when he comes, um, maybe when he comes to self-reliance, we'll have a little chat with him and, and get him get him in line with all his talking points and set him free on the universe. Um, <laughs> Backwoods lays the quote out there. If you think you're free, try walking into a deli and pissing on the cheese. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. Anyway, guys, uh, let's get caught up uh, with what was going on yesterday around here. Um, man, I was uh, I was not feeling well yesterday. I uh, started out yesterday morning, had a pretty, pretty bad headache when I woke up and did the show. It was... Um, it was okay. Um, the headache was kind of dull in the back, and I made it through the show. Went for a walk with Corey, and then I had to go. Re I rearranged the week. Normally, I go do laundry and groceries and all that stuff on Wednesdays. Uh, Tim Toolman Tim's going to be in town, and um, so I I rearranged the week and uh, front loaded all my stuff into the beginning of the week, and then we're going to get some work done out there while there's two of us. And um, 
so yesterday I went down, I did all the Wednesday stuff yesterday and my plans were to come back and then head out and get a little more uh, prep work out at Tim's. As the day progressed, my head absolutely just um, started banging in the back and it, it, um, it was not pleasant at all. Um, I was very fearful that I was getting sick like I was last like I was last year about this time, uh, I guess a little later in the season, but uh, around Thanksgiving time, but it's that started with a headache and being really tired. And so I, um, so I, I came home, I took a bunch of Advil, like a bunch, right. <laughs> and laid down and took a nap and I woke up and still had a headache. And I was like, Oh, no, okay, this is either a tumor, or I'm actually sick. Uh, kind of took it easy the rest of the night got something accomplished, a little something accomplished, and then went to bed uh, relatively early, uh, a little earlier than normal, woke up this morning, I'm feeling all right. So hopefully it was just sort of some sort of migraine or uh, pressure headache or something like that. I don't know what it was. But anyway, got through it. Um, along with that yesterday and just feeling pretty incapacitated after work, I was still able to get the shower fixed. Um, that was interesting. I, um, I mentioned it yesterday that the hose blew out on the shower. The one that came with it, it was like a stock, um, stock hose that had like metal cladding around it. And uh, come to find out after I, after it blew out, I took it apart. Uh, it was just like some, some clear poly tubing inside the metal casing. And uh, just from use and being stretched and pulled, it uh, it popped a hole in it and then blew right out through that uh, armor coating. So I didn't know if I was going to find something exact match. It came with the water heater. It was not a uh, it wasn't something that I had purchased before. So I didn't know if they had their own threads on the shower head or on the heater itself. So I was. I was not very hopeful it was getting fixed, but it needs to because I've uh, now become attached to that whole shower situation, uh, especially if we have running water. So I went down to um, <laughs> I went down to to do laundry. I uh, I hit up Lowe's while I was in Savannah. There's a Lowe's there, uh, and I'm looking around the whole place. I'm looking around the whole plumbing section. I brought the hose and the shower head um i brought the hose and the shower head with me and i'm i'm wandering around the plumbing section and i i look in the i look in the supplies in the section labeled plumbing repair uh i looked in all sorts of and i get to the the shower heads and i'm looking there thinking that you know this is just the same as like an extended um extended shower head uh, that you can take in your hand and wash yourself with. Um, and I'm not seeing any hoses. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. All I could find was the hoses that like connect your ice machine or connect um, connect your toilet to the water. Yeah, like water in the toilet. And, and I uh, all of a sudden I look over and it was on an end cap display. And there was one one hose, one choice five to seven feet expanding so it was the same it was a similar metal material uh armor coating with a, a i think it's a, i'm sure it's a plastic tube inside but uh one choice and i'm like ah shit i hope it works <coughs> and so i grabbed it 
bought it and went out to the truck and I had the I had the hose and the shower head with me in the store, but I didn't feel like opening the package. Get out to the truck. I was like, well, I'll go in and try to figure something else out if this doesn't fit. And uh, zipped the package open and grabbed it and it screwed on to the shower head. I was like, oh, cool. well, that was the one. And I was really worried about um, I'm going to cross my fingers. It looked the same. The other end that went to the heater looked the same. I looked at uh, I looked at the threads. I looked at the size and I was like, OK, I think it's the same. If it's not, I'll make a trip back down here and get some. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, so I got home. I got home with the shower head. I uh, took my nap. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, I, I passed out and woke up and I was still feeling like crap. And I told Corey, all right, I need to see if this is going to fix this. Um, if, you, if it's going to fix it, otherwise I got to go do something tomorrow. Because uh, with the chigger situation I mentioned yesterday, this isn't, uh, it isn't feasible to not shower when I come home from working at Tim's, especially when I get up into the brush and the uncut stuff. Um, and so I hobbled my, my ass out there, all, um, all headache and everything. And man, it screwed, it screwed right onto that water heater. It seated right down. I had Corey stand over there. I went over and turned on the water pressure and she's like, nope, doesn't drip at all. I said, perfect, perfect. So, uh, Got lucky, the one option, and I was hoping that that was the case, that the, the one option there was pretty standard, that they made the, the threads on these, these, shower head, um, these shower heads universal, and that that was a pretty universal size on the other end. So it was, um... <laughs> um... <laughs> I, uh, so that was fixed. Let me get back up here and Hunter. Good morning, Hunter. Asking, uh, we're pissing on cheese now, and uh, Kyle was just Kyle, and then MSU rifle uh, circled back with exactly what I was going to say. You are free to piss on the cheese, just like the deli owner is free to kick your ass. So, hey, Kyle, go piss on some cheese, and let's see what happens. Um... <laughs> Oh, and then he says, I sound like his backwards butcher says, I sound like his wife. <laughs> I have a slight cough, and then all of a sudden I'm dying and I have a tumor. Like, legit, this headache was bad enough that I was laying in bed going, This isn't any normal headache. The tumor just got big enough to start hurting. I I literally was trying to fall asleep, and that's 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 the things that were running through my head. So uh, I, it must've shrunk last night. I don't know if I injected it with, um, isopropyl or whatever they did to reduce the size of the tumor on an episode of house. I think I remember that, um, uh, just in case you guys are in a, in a shit hits the fan scenario, I think house shrunk a tumor so that he could get it operated on because it was too big to be operated on before. And it, uh, dehydrates the tumor and shrinks it. Not medical advice by any means. Uh, <laughs> Phil, uh, Philippine Nomad says, uh, same here last Tuesday, heat and humidity was something fierce, crashed out early after lots and woke up worse than when I went to sleep. I hate that. I hate it when I take meds, I take the time to sleep, uh, take a nap, and you wake up and you feel worse, or it's still there. Good morning, uh, Rachel. How we doing? Rewilder Life uh, joining us this morning. I appreciate you uh, hanging out. Um, uh, 
Backwoods Butcher says he was also on all that Vicodin. Um, uh, okay, Rachel says that she had a migraine and has been battling them with the fall weather change. And I wonder if that's what it is, man. I um, It is pretty seasonal that I'll get some really banger headaches. Um, and I always assume it's, it's sinus pressure with uh, atmospheric pressure changes, weather systems, weather patterns moving in. But uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It was horrible. I didn't appreciate it very much. It was hard uh, grocery shopping when standing upright and having my head fully upright uh, was very painful and made me want to throw up. So it was, uh, I must have looked very interesting walking around in, um, walking around in uh, Walmart that way. So yeah, I didn't look too out of place. Morning, Cormac. How we doing? Thanks for stopping in. And Backwoods says, hello, Corey. Good morning. She nods approvingly to you, Kyle, and says, good morning. And thanks for the TikTok videos. <laughs> oh, so what else uh, What else do I have on my list today to cover before uh, we get into anarchy? Um, morning, Pip. Thanks for the comment this morning. I'll touch on that probably a little bit when uh, I get to the topic today. Um, let's see Tim's today. Yeah, I, I, uh, I cleared the schedule today. I'm going to head out and, and, and take a whole day. Tim and I were supposed to rendezvous up today. He had, uh, he had some, some, um, not feeling well issues and asked if we could uh, just take a day of rest. He's been traveling all over and you don't want to get sick on a road trip. So when he started feeling like he was getting ill, we connected and he said uh, he wanted to take a day and sleep and rest. And I said, rock on, man. I'm not feeling best, the best myself. And I would like to get some more stuff before you get out there. I want to get some more stuff uh, wrapped up before uh, we're on site together. Uh, stuff that I can easily handle by myself. And so it gave me the opportunity to take a, take some time also, but that also gives me the, the, um, it gives me the ability to go out today and just spend all day today uh, getting some stuff done. So had planned on being out there with him today and the rest of the week. And now it's uh, it just works out. So out there today working and uh, rewilder life. Rachel saying it's camel day. Yeah, it's camel day. Sure is. Sure is. Um, <laughs> and so heading out to Tim's. Um, one other thing I haven't mentioned a whole lot. I'm I'm prepping my uh, I'm prepping my speech, I guess, my presentation presentation, I guess is a better word uh, for SRF coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you want to get your tickets, you can watch it virtually. Uh, you can buy virtual tickets. You can watch all the all the presentations online remotely. Uh, it doesn't give you the feel, um, the camaraderie of being there, but the information is fantastic. I know a couple of people that have gotten the tickets every year, watch the videos. I believe you get them in perpetuity. If you buy the ticket, you get to actually, you can actually download the, the presentation. So I'll be there. I'll be, uh, I'm working on this presentation. I think it's going to be decent um, and hopefully better than decent, but uh, I shoot for, shoot for decent and, uh, and then hopefully out achieve my expectations. But that's coming up October 14th, 15th. And I believe there are uh, workshops on the 13th and the 16th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. Yeah. Friday through Monday. Uh, 
head on up. And if you're here in town early, come on out and uh, join us on Workday at Toolman Tim's property here in uh, beautiful Western Tennessee. Uh, we're up, man, we're way over 15. That's not a bad thing. I don't know how long uh, this discussion on anarchy and my journey is going to take. It's, uh, I'm not that old and I uh, haven't been really into politics that much, but I think it's been on it for a while. So we'll get into that here in just a second. But uh, let me grab a cup, a sip of coffee and fill my cup first. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, before we get into that, every day I like to bring uh, uh, bring products or services related to the topic that uh, when you purchase, use the services, um, check out those companies. It helps support us. I'm affiliated with them. I have I get a little commission. I get kickbacks on Amazon, this and that. But today I want to ha have a little bit of fun uh, to bring you to go with this serious topic. Well, People make it super serious. And it goes back to Pip's comment in the beginning about uh, how the media portrays anarchy. But anyway, everybody gets all wound up. It's a, it's one of those, those trigger words, I think. But I think you can have this outlet to just sit back and relax for a little while. I put two links in the video notes and in the audio description for a couple of adult coloring books with anarchism as the subject. Um, these are cool adult coloring books with uh, anarchy phrases, um, thoughts, and, um, and, and quotes to make you think while you're, uh, while you're coloring away, just like you were a kid. So have some fun and learn a little bit. You can check them out at the links in the show notes, like I said. And even if you don't want to pick up these coloring books, you can hit those links, head on over, and do any Amazon shopping you have for the day. And we will still get credit for anything you buy in that session. So I appreciate it. Check out those adult coloring books. Corey and I got uh, got into coloring in the adult coloring books for a little while. Her more than I. She is very she is very good at it. And I I um, like you guess just don't like to stay within the lines. So it is it is what it is. So anyway, check out those books. Check out the links. And uh, if you don't want to buy coloring books, go ahead and just use those links to do your shopping. So let me, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, let me catch up on these, uh, comments before we roll in. Um, <laughs> Kyle says we need to all start battling our illnesses with Dayquil and cigarettes like he does. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Kyle says, God bless you for sneezing. And uh, let's see. <laughs> Pip says, so you say you can give anarchy coloring books to my sister's kindergarten class. I think that would be a fantastic idea. They're not that bad. They're not like the adult coloring books that Corey and I were doing where it was like fucking asshole. Um, and then a big bright coloring thing. These are actually like, stains about anarchy and things so check them out everybody should check those out they're in the links even if you just want to have a fun and uh take a peek at them so <laughs> anyway let's get into this anarchist journey um i am i am apolitical right now i i could give two flying shits about anything going on with the government um presidents senators house state local 
I guess local is uh, is about as much as I would pay attention. But as the fact that I own no property uh, currently and uh, don't really have a local, um, as long as I'm as long as I'm aware of anything local regulations or restrictions that uh, could really get me put in a cage, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, it's hasn't always been that way, and it hasn't been that way. I think it hasn't been that way for very long. I think it was, it was the other way longer than that, but uh, I want to kind of circle back and, and, and take that journey through my political ideology and how much it's shifted. Uh, I started thinking about this when I was doing show topics and um, <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I was doing show topics and I was like, you know, I love um, I love the philosophy of anarchism. I love um, I love the idea behind it. I, I understand that it's probably not achievable in its purest form, uh, and especially during my lifetime. But uh, if I can live my life by the principles as much as possible, I've gotten to this point. But where did I come from? I, I obviously wasn't always this way, and I. I started pondering that I started thinking back to, to my life and the things that I thought and how I've changed and developed over the years. And I thought I'd just share that with you. Um, it started, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I never, politics really wasn't in the fold. Uh, I wasn't the, I wasn't, really aware of anything going on. Uh, I grew up, I was born in the late 70s and into the 80s. You had Reagan, uh, longtime President Reagan, uh, through, let me see, I have all these years here because I've I've kind of deleted it right out of my brain, um, all the way to from 81 to 89. So by the time I was, um, you know, 10 years old, Reagan had been president for the most of my life. Uh, in 89, George Bush was elected the first George Bush. I still wasn't old enough to participate in any of this. I think we got a little bit of it in high school, a little bit of it in grade school. You know, you go in and they're like, who are you going to vote for? I should have seen the writing on the wall at that point. When you can, when you can portray it to kids and just make it a popularity contest, make it a, you just pick somebody uh, with no random reason, and you give kids the idea that that's just how it works, uh, I think you're setting it up. I think you're setting it up right there. Uh, and I think I'll probably touch on that later going through this. But, you know, that was my exposure to politics. I mean, my parents really kept me out of it, kept, uh, didn't really dive into it. Our, my schooling, I really don't recall a whole lot of it other than what was in the history books. You know, you learn the first president, you learn the, the political system, how it's supposed to be or how they want you to believe it's supposed to be now that I look back on it. But just really ran through um, the basic ideologies. Uh, didn't really get involved. There was no reason to really get involved when you were under 18. I wasn't like the... the Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties. I don't know. I guess I'm dating myself. Do you know that show, Corey? Are you, am I uh, age gapping myself there? Let's tell you've never seen it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, anyway, Alex P. Keaton, uh, Michael J. Fox, before his, um, his acting got a little shaky. Um, but he, uh, 
he was the young Republican. He was uh, all involved in politics as a as a high schooler. That just wasn't the the vibe that I had. So I was really kind of apolitical to begin with. I came out of high school and went to college. And man, I really, I, I, I have to admit it. I mean, really, before anything, I have to admit that, you know, I'm a recovering Democrat. I'm a recovering a Republican. I'm a recovering conservative. And I'm a recovering uh, libertarian at this point. I, I came out of high school. I rolled into college. And man, um, social issues, I really felt that government didn't have any business in, whether it be uh, the big A word or, um, or just anything. I didn't think the government had a right to tell people what to do with their, person, their, their personal self. And at the time, the Democrats were really um, pushing uh, freedom of, uh, you know, on the social side, on the on the social side. I didn't understand how you pay for it. I felt that people should be taken care of uh, just naturally as a as a person. I felt that someone needed to take care of these people. And I didn't understand how the whole system worked. I saw these programs. I heard uh, all the talking points coming from the left uh, about how they wanted to take care of the poor and and go down that line. And um, it sounded great. It sounded great. I was young and dumb and aligned with that. Uh, I wasn't necessarily I had been working for a long time. I understood taxes on my paycheck. It wasn't like I made it into my mid twenties without getting a paycheck and seeing, seeing, um, seeing that taxes come out. I mean, that wasn't an eye opening experience for me. I understood that they were there, but I don't think I put two and two together. I think I was very just concerned that people weren't being taken care of which is legitimate concern. I think, I think you always want to see people taken care of. You want to see people thriving for themselves, um, getting helping hands. I think when I was in, um, when I was back in uh, as a kid, I saw that happening with other organizations. I think it's progressed. I think as I look back at my notes for today, I think it was both a change in my perspective and my knowledge and also a shifting in the way politics were. Sorry, I have a dog that wants to knock things off the table all the time. <laughs> I had to catch it before it landed on him and he went scurrying across the camper. Uh, anyway, I think it's been a, a combination of of me developing more uh, knowledge, me seeing things and discovering things for myself. But I also think it's been a shift in, he's going to do it again. Can you lay down, please? Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 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 a change in and how things were done. <laughs> I think we can all admit since the 80s, politics has uh gone sideways it's changed it's uh it's gotten worse so um backwards butcher says the issue now is politics is basically a sitcom 
and no one sees what is actually happening. You know, I check in every once in a while. I've gotten to a point where I don't, I don't care. I don't watch. Uh, I do it at, to jest. I do it to make fun of it. Uh, I understand it doesn't affect me directly. But uh, yes, it's gotten really crazy. Some of the stuff, the headlines, the the it's got to be spectacular to catch attention at this point. But I think there was a, a change in both situations. And I went through college, um, dropped out of college, went to another college, didn't finish there, kind of took life and went in um, and got a job. I got a job in hospitality. I met a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people all the way across the spectrum of, of politics, uh, apolitical, everywhere from far left to far right, sat at my bar and had conversations with me. And that was my job, was to be indifferent. My job was to not argue with a customer. My job was to, to make a customer feel welcome. I had to be open to any ideas if I wanted to make the most money possible. I wasn't going to alienate myself from customers by showing my political don't talk politics or religion. Right. Right. Um, so I I heard a lot. I heard a lot of ideals. I heard a lot of people's thoughts, um, what they were thinking, the things that they were going through. Um, and so I went through that for a decade, still wavering on that. Um, on that liberal uh, side now, now starting to understand the real impact of taxes. Uh, started getting into buying houses um, and and owning things and making more money. Uh, I think as I went through as a bartender, taxes were a game. Uh, I, I don't think I really. I really ever felt the brunt of full taxes because of how how much you can manipulate income in a cash business like that, especially a lot of the places I worked. It was a lot of cash. It was a lot of wink, wink, nod, nod, uh, things like that. Um, man, it was it was easy to play the game. It was easy to play the game. Rewild their life. Rachel just wants to be left alone. Yeah. Can't we? Can't we just be left alone? Can there be a club? Can there be a button that we push that's like, hey, just leave us alone. Um, I'll pay my little pence. I'll pay. Can I pay? Is there a base minimum I can pay just to be left the fuck alone? <laughs> I mean, I'd be willing to consider that. Uh, anyway, so I went through this. I was really able to to keep the financial aspect out of it. I made enough money to take care of uh, to take care of things, and I was really able to keep the government out of my shit. Uh, just by the function of how I made my money. So I kind of progressed through there. At, at some point, I ended up getting a real job. Um, I didn't really vote. Let's see. Let me look at this list. Um, so I turned 18 in the mid-90s. I really think uh, I didn't vote in that first election that I was able to. That was... Um, that was a Billy Clinton... Uh, Billy Clinton beat George Bush... or. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Beat George Bush, early George Bush, that first election. I don't think I voted in that. I'm trying to remember, um, remember back when the first time I voted was, but, um, I think it might've been that second Bill Clinton, uh, election. 
the second time he ran. Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember. It wasn't that big in my life, obviously. Uh, I wasn't chomping at the bit at the polls when I turned 18 to go uh, to go vote, to go get involved. I kind of eased into it over the years. And then, man, I, I dumped out. But when I got out of when I got out of um, when I got out of bartending and got into a real job and man, everything was on that paycheck. There was no there was no extra hundred dollar bill here or fifty dollar bill there. Uh, everything was was taxed and you really got the, the real percentage of money that came out. There was, uh, at that point, no side work. I wasn't doing any extra jobs, working second jobs. That had been my whole life was like gig work is what they would call it now. Uh, from the time I was a little kid, it was side hustles. It was cash. It was, hey, mow my lawn. I'll give you a $20 bill. None of the government's business. I think this all really ingrained in my head through that whole time that it's none of their business. It really isn't. Why do you, why do you, deserve my money why do you deserve what i earned that was the thing that always stuck in my head and as i took a job and i took a real job kind of in the man it would have been in the the, the early the mid 2000s uh still working still working um bartending but really i also having a paycheck job and seeing the the drastic taxes that were coming out and i think at this time taxes were increasing um so it was a double whammy there i really started getting angry i get i started getting angry that they were taking my money and giving it to other people i started getting angry that they were taking uh my money and i didn't have a choice of what they were doing with it uh, I worked at a shop that was a union shop. And when I found out that the Teamsters were taking my dues and promoting political candidates, I about lost my shit. Um, why am I being forced to pay these these union dues and they're doing with my money the exact opposite of what I wanted or what I would have chose to do? So not only was I getting taxed, I was getting taxed at work to even work because I was I, I chose to to work at a union shop. Uh, I started seeing all these things and I shifted to a Republican man. Those damn Democrats are ruining everything. They're raising taxes. Look, Bill Clinton has been in office and my life sucks. I'm gonna change the world. I am going to be uh, I'm gonna be a Republican. I am going to, they're going to uh, cut the, all these welfare programs. They're going to lower taxes. Republicans are about small government. I listen. I listen to the talking points. You know, they really had me in their wheelhouse uh, in, my, in my early 20s. I listened to the talking points then. The social issues, the things that were important to me, the things that before I learned um about politics and 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 jobs and taxes and all of that the things that are are true to your heart that you really you really care about people just in general people care about people they want them taken care of they were able to play to that then once i started um once i started earning money and they started stealing it from me um man i didn't like that i didn't like that and 
putting two and two together with the union and the taxes, I, I said, okay, I, I have to go to the other side. That's the only thing. That's the other side. <laughs> so I became a Republican, guys. I, I was all about um, the two-party, the red versus blue. I really educated myself on the candidates. Um, and here we come. Here we come. George W. Bush, the second, <laughs> the junior. Uh, he runs in 2000. He runs in 2000 against Al Gore. Ah, remember that, guys? Remember the George Bush Al Gore election? I don't know if you're old enough. Uh, man, what a choice we had, huh? What a choice. What a what, what choice. The guy, the guy that invented the internet was running um was running against the guy that will eventually knock down two of the most famous buildings in the country ha! how do you choose how do you choose anyway i went uh, i went whole hog on that republican that conservative side or the, not even conservative at that point republican anything anti what i was because i wasn't happy I wasn't happy with what, how the government was treating me. I wasn't happy with how things were going in the, in the country from my perspective. And I was listening to that, that dual talking point. I was listening to that, um, that dual, <laughs> that dual talking points. There's only two, there's only two positions. There's only two ways to think in this country. You guys don't understand that. Um, so I voted for Bush. I uh, I saw Bush beat uh, beat Al Gore. I was so excited, and then the world went sideways. World went sideways. Nine eleven happened. Um, Patriot Act. Brian moved from New York to Minnesota. I uh, came here or came there uh, with ex wife and and baby on the way, and started working hard. And and man, I was I was kind of immersed in a a republican a republican point of view um my in-laws were um were republican um we talked about it we commiserated with all the things that i was feeling uh with the taxes and this was really where i got into the union shop was uh, well after i was uh, a, a republican and and so i was very angry i started looking in i started looking into the way the government actually worked and and how taxes worked and how my taxes went in and uh, i started looking into state taxes i think moving to minnesota from new york i wasn't paying attention enough when i was in new york but i moved to minnesota as i was getting into this stuff and really looking at the minnesota state government uh man talk about uh talk about blue blue deep blue deep 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 blue not even uh, we're not talking purple but blue state um minnesota was that minnesota was that when i moved there um i thought the whole state was i moved to the cities i moved to the twin cities i moved to the, the close ring suburbs there i thought the whole state was like that man everybody you talked to was a dyed in the wool re, um, liberal democrat um social justice warrior before social justice warriors existed um it was very uncomfortable for me 
And I think the re the way I went about dealing with that was going extreme opposite. Like I didn't like what they were saying to me that, that I needed to pay more to take care of their pet projects. Uh, I needed to pay more of my wage so that they could explore their, their art, their art projects or whatever. I didn't think that that was okay. And so I went hardcore against it. And, um, man, I was Republican. I, I, I voted again. And this is, I believe I tried to think back. We, I haven't voted since we met. Have we, have I, I was heavy into it, but was I voting at that point? I, I was trying to remember where I really flipped the switch and said, I'm done participating in the vote because that was before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was one, one more was uh, the first Obama election. I think I was stuck. I was, I was somewhere right in that second George Bush, the, the George Bush carry election uh, was right before I met Corey. Um, and I, I know I, I participated in that clown show. Um, and then I believe after I met Corey, uh, that first Obama, it was Obama and, um, John McCain, Obama, John McCain election. And Corey, Corey probably was one of the turning points in my political ideology. Um, I, I, I was, I was a Republican. I, I, I voted Republican. I, I spoke Republican to uh, anybody that would listen, vote for, uh, vote for Bush, vote for Bush. We can't have Kerry, blah, blah, blah. The whole, the whole toe of the line went through that. Um, met Corey. She was pretty apolitical uh, from the beginning. She, she never got into it. Her family was kind of the same as mine, never really immersed uh, the kids in it. Didn't really pay attention to it, which was fantastic. Uh, Corey actually asked me, she, she, she figured it out. I should have asked her before the show, but, uh, I actually, she came to me during the election, uh, when it was voting day for Obama and, um, and John McCain and said, um, who do you want me to vote for? It was McCain. McCain was first then Romney, I believe. Uh, who do you want me to, who do you want me to vote for? And, you know, I told her, I said, well, you got to vote for, you got to vote for McCain. You can't vote for Obama. Um, man, I had realized when I was watching the election, I had paid attention and I was paying attention. Now I was, I was looking, I was looking into the opposite side for my talking points of why we can't elect this guy. And, you know, I was listening to him and he said a bunch of stuff that scared the living shit out of me. He told, he was very upfront about what he wanted to do. He was never, he always laid out there the things that he wanted to do. And I didn't like it. He wasn't trying to hide anything. He was saying the, th the changes he wanted to make. He was saying the programs he wanted to do. He was saying that he didn't believe in the Constitution of the United States. Um, and. I didn't like that. I didn't like that a candidate could get up there and basically say, I want you to elect me to run this country. And my job is to follow this document that was the founding of the country. But I'm going to stand here and say, I don't agree with it. And I'm going to work to change it. You know, I'm really OK with people wanting to change things um, within the framework that they're given. and. 
I'm really okay with them changing the framework of their own situation. But when you had a, a framework of something that was working, and this was my uh, my issue at that point, was <coughs> when you stand up there and say that you don't agree with it and, and you want to be elected to this to change the framework of the country, that didn't sit well with me. And I got pissed off and it made me more Republican. It made me more... Um, it made me very vocal about what I was feeling and what I thought he was going to do. And he got elected. Um, my side lost losers, losers. Um, I really, it flipped a switch in my head and I said, nobody cares. Nobody cares what they say. And it started flipping on a light bulb that maybe this stuff doesn't matter. I'm not saying I gave up at that point. I didn't like dip out. I didn't go um, bury my head in the sand or, or act uh, or, or ignore it like I do now. But it really started to make me wonder how important the system is going to, um, how, how unimportant the actual people going in how it didn't matter what they said. People were just going to vote red or blue. When we have two choices, when we have two choices, you pick one of them because you, you feel like you have to. You're told you have to. Your vote matters. Like MSU Rifle says, I hope you plan to vote in the next election. It will be the most important election of our lives. Man, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Corey always made fun of me because I was so wound up about politics and I didn't believe her. I was like, well, it's important. It's important. And it isn't really isn't. She was right. She's right. She's right about most of the shit in my life that she told me I was wrong. <laughs> I do admit that for sure. For sure. Uh, MSU rifle says lesser of two evils. Yeah. You know, it, it was the literally the, the Obama, McCain election that that changed my course when I realized that I didn't want John McCain as a president. But I had to vote for him because I didn't want Barack Obama less. I didn't like what he was saying about the, the Constitution. I didn't like his philosophies on things. Um, and I was a Republican, so I obviously didn't like the Democrat because he was just dirty Democrat. Uh, but I didn't like John McCain and I didn't like Sarah Palin. I looked at these people and said, these are the best. These are the best minds that we can come up with. These are the best candidates in the whole country that we can come up with. And then again, the next time you go through the primaries and we're coming up and it's, it's, it's Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. This guy that couldn't be president before because the other shitty candidate was a little less shitty than him. But now that guy, they don't like him anymore. So we're going to put him in. These are the best people that we can find. These are these are the, the people that should lead our country. What qualifies them? I started asking these questions. I started asking myself, why are they putting these people up? What makes it what makes them better than me? What gives them the qualifications? Is there a test they have to take or can anybody run for president? Well, you can if you have enough money. 
So I started looking at that. This was a long four years uh, after Obama got elected. I I watched him do the things he said he was going to do. And I realized I couldn't do anything about it. I realized that as much effort as I put into it in this election between him and John McCain, as much effort as I put into trying to get someone elected, I didn't even even want as a candidate or want as a as a president. I put all that energy, I put all that time, energy, emotion, stress. Um, it could have been doing something else. And I was working for something that I didn't even have a choice in. And then I started looking bigger picture and I started looking, well, what, what difference does my vote make in a number that big? And specifically in a state that was the only state that didn't vote for Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan won 49 out of 50 states, you know what state didn't vote for him? The one I was living in. Doesn't bode well for a conservative. It doesn't bode well for a Republican. It doesn't really instill confidence in someone that was wavering politically, that was wondering if their voice even mattered, to know that I could vote a thousand times for the Republican in Minnesota and the votes were going to go to the Democrat. It really made me realize it didn't matter. And not for the reason that it actually doesn't matter, just because it literally by the numbers didn't matter. And that got me going down a road. It got me going down a road that I felt... Um, I shifted into more of a constitutional conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe in the Constitution. I believe... <laughs> I've been angry that um, that I, I feel like I had been lied to. I feel like I had been misled into believing all of this nonsense. And that this document that was founded I started reading a lot of the founding fathers and I, and what they actually wrote and started realizing that what I was told in school, what I was educated, what I was what I was fed wasn't really the whole truth. Wasn't really the whole truth. And I started thinking and as that next election came up and Obama was running again and he had done all the stuff that he said he was going to do and everybody was so angry about it, the Republicans were outraged and the Democrats were excited. He was getting all this progress done. And now we're talking about progressives and all of this. Watching it from the sidelines a little bit, not quite out yet, but the sidelines as a constitutional conservative and, and teetering on libertarian, libertarian. Yeah, that's going to save the world. Um, I was I was teetering on that. And then they threw uh, they threw Mitt Romney out there. And I was like, can't do it. I'm done picking the lesser of two evils. MSU rifle drop the lesser of two evils. I'm done deciding if I want to get stabbed in the chest or shot in the back. Because that was the choice. I didn't agree with either of them. I agreed with some things the one guy was saying and uh, some things the other guy was saying. And both of them I really didn't agree with more than about 10%. Why am I giving, willingly giving my approval for someone to take where I live and make decisions for me when I don't believe 
in what they stand for. But those are the only two choices. So I said, no, I'm not going to. I don't believe that was the election I didn't vote in. 2008. 2008. Corey and I were still living in... uh, still living in the cities and I, uh, I dipped out. I said, no. And I watched as people elected a guy again, reelected him after he basically trashed on the founding document of the, of the country. And I was all like, all upset about that. Um, I said, okay, this is it. I'm a libertarian. I'm voting libertarian. I'm voting third party. And I got to get through this quick because we're uh, we're going to run up on time here. I uh, I changed to a libertarian. We're going to save the world with that third party. Whatever third party that was, at least it's not giving a vote to those two. Um, man, that was short-lived. That was short-lived. I think Jack Spirko talks about it, that uh, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? Uh, it was like six months. <laughs> Six months. If they read a lot, it's three months. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I went down that uh, libertarian road for a, a hot second. And a quote early on when I started diving into libertarianism really flipped the switch on me that made libertarianism a very short period of time in my journey was, man, you can't use government to fix government. How are you upset with the election process and you're going to try to elect someone in that process to change the system? I also read and started getting into um, philosophy about how much power corrupts, how much people change, um, and how uh, this is this is withstanding the lip service that people use to get elected, but how they truly change and how their focus and their their need for power changes after they get elected and get in the system. And the system is set up to to, to cause that, to make it all one. It's the it's the same same bird, two wings, man. Same bird, two wings. All these things started started popping up in front of my eyes, and I realized I had been. I had been wasting so much time and energy. I had been wasting so much stress. I was angry in my life and I realized that maybe it was all on purpose. Keeping, pe- keeping people divided over anything and any everything possible. And when it didn't work, they would just ratchet it up more. They would, they would pit you against grandma or pitch you against the poor or you love the rich or like, no, man. I just want to be left alone. That's all I want. Why do you both want to control me so much? Why do both sides have the same end goal as control of you? Whether they say it's whether they say it's a conservative or or liberal, it's all control. They all want to be elected so they can make decisions for you. Don't don't give them Don't give them your power to make decisions for you. Make them take it. When you vote for someone, you're giving them the approval that you're giving them the power to make decisions for you. Make them take it. Make them take it. Make them earn it. Do something good. (laughs) Do, Do something that I give a shit about and maybe I'll talk about it. Other than that, I'm just laughing at you because it doesn't make us, it doesn't, 
make a, it doesn't make a difference. And so that kind of kicked off my journey into anarchism and really realizing that I have to live free for myself. No one I elect is going to make me any freer. Not even the person that, that claims to be on the side of conservatism or the constitution or whatever lip service they're trying to, to ring in. Uh, man, it's all a shit show. And it's all, it's all the same shit show over and over. And it's just getting more ridiculous. But it's all the same. It's all the same. So I kind of went down that road, that uh, that progression. I think as I got older and wiser and my wife educated me on on the lack of it doesn't matter. <laughs> she made me realize that my life is no different, whether I'm angry, whether I'm voting or whether I'm paying attention or not. It's not affecting me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the the political circus went uh, went sideways through my lifetime. I, I believe not necessarily that it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. I think it's gotten worse. I don't know if anybody's in their mid forties. Have you seen the the shit go sideways even beyond just you awakening and realizing that it's a shit show, or has it been an absolute clown circus for the whole time? I think it's getting to a point where they have to make a spectacle of it so anybody would pay attention. People will pick their eyes up from TikTok or uh, Facebook or whatever they got their their ass wrapped around. At the time, they have to make it more of a shit show so they pay attention. And it only ramps up. It ramps up in the four-year cycles, and it's coming, guys. It's coming. Uh, yeah. My life has been a 100 times better since I, I dipped out. I suggest you do, too. Watch it from the sidelines. Make fun of both sides because it is. there's plenty to make fun of. There is plenty to make fun of for sure. Um, it's sad. It's disheartening that that's the way our country is going and we have no control over it. So make yourself as insulated as possible. Dip out. Play against. Play with the rules to benefit yourself and, and bend and break the rules when it, it, it is beneficial to you and the consequences aren't too high and too steep for your risk tolerance. So... That's where I'm at right now. Uh, we're up on an hour, guys. I got to get rolling. I got a busy, busy day. Uh, I don't think I hit in-depth this really much as I had thought. I, I thought it was going to be a very thin episode, but I guess it's a lot to digest. And I wish I had had more, uh, more time yesterday afternoon to really dive in and get my timeline straight. But as far as, as, far as a progression in my, in, in my philosophy and my participation, that is general general timeline there i i reserve the right to go back and edit it as my beautiful wife uh, reminds me of uh, of my uh, my early my early 2000s my late my late 90s early 2000s are are quite a blur i uh, i was i was partaking in a lot of alcoholic beverages at that time and uh, it kind of blurs together so have to really think deep and pull pull out the pull out the memories to figure out what was going on but uh, man the general progression is there and i think uh rewilder life said it this this journey sounds very familiar and i don't think i'm the only one i've, I've spoke to a lot of people my age and in this space that really have made that progression and i think it's a natural one as you awaken so check it out guys uh, think about what you got going on uh think about 
is it really worth it? Are you all in on the system? Does it matter? Uh, think about it. We'll be talking about this subject to some more uh, every once in a while. I think uh, I think next week it was uh, not on the random list. But um, man, uh, <laughs> Backwoods Butcher. Phil, I love it. Backwoods Butcher t-shirt idea. I kill shit for a living. Ask me how. Yes, perfect. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I, uh, I, I, I really enjoy doing this format now, doing, uh, doing this layout. I think the content's better. I think the show's better. And I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you uh, share it with people that you think could uh, value from it, whether it be a single episode or suggest they listen to the whole thing. And anybody you can uh, have come in on, uh, on Friday or on the week, weekday mornings and join in on that live chat helps for sure. I enjoy you guys. Uh, I enjoy you guys commenting and hanging out. And uh, if you'd like to participate in that live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media services. I offer recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and uh, we will catch up with you tomorrow. We're going to be talking about coffee, coffee world tour. We're going to go run around, uh, run around the world and see the different ways people enjoy this tasty beverage that I just like black in this cup every morning waking me up. And uh, hey, make it a great day. Make it an awesome hump day. Get shit done, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. I can see the light